Welcome to the media ministry of Crossroads Church Aspen. To learn more about Crossroads, visit our website at ccaspen.com. Great, gang. That was uh, wonderful. Thank you, brother. Uh, good morning. How's everyone today? How about this, this weather? This fall? Is this not amazing? I thought last week was going to be like that was peak and that was amazing, but I think this week even took it to a whole new level. Um, so... Good to have you with us. If you are visiting with us today, as always, we want to invite you to fill out this Next Steps card in the seat back in front of you. Let us know you were here, any information you like on the church, um, or any questions you may have. We'd love to connect with you and tell you more about what we have happening here at Crossroads. Uh, A couple other things, too. Uh, This evening at 6 p.m. is what we call the Outpost, Um, a gathering of just more in a a circle, just uh, get, get away from the... Sunday, where it's just someone kind of just uh, teaching and, and speaking into more just a gathered group of sitting around, praying together, encouraging one another, having some some smaller components of teaching and some worship. And so Trinity and Tracy will be a part of that this evening, right? No, not tonight. Okay. We should have cleared that beforehand, huh? Yeah. Okay. But um, all good. Uh, That's tonight at 6 p.m. right here. Uh, Tech also, hey, in the tech booth, um, we have a need for um, some some folks to step up and do tech with us, and I want to invite you to do that. And, uh, you know, we encourage that uh, we're we're a a body, we're a family. And, And I know when I grew up, growing up in my family, when we had people over for Sunday lunch, everybody had a role in making sure that Sunday lunch happened. For me, it usually wasn't cooking. It was more like mow the lawn, uh, arrange this, move this, do that. Um, But we all have a role. So if you're here, this is your church, you're a regular part of that. We want to invite you to help us out in the tech booth. And uh, and, and once a month, just come in, spend a few hours here and help out. Um, And to do that, we just want to encourage you to fill out this card and uh, just let us know, hey, I can help with tech. And again, again, if this is your church, um, you feel this is a part of it. We want to just say, come on, th- th- this is part of being a part of the family. Not to pressure, not to twist arms, but to say, let's do this together. Let's serve one another because that, that's what we do. We're here to love one another, serve one another. So come and join us in that. Um, also, what a wonderful celebration we had yesterday for Sonny Meeker. Some of you know uh, Dick and Sonny. They've been a part of this church for decades. And uh, Sonny uh, passed away in May after uh, a bout with Alzheimer's. And boy, Dick was an amazing husband through all that. And we got to celebrate her life yesterday. And um, boy, what a beautiful, beautiful time. And so um, once again, just thank you, Dick and Sonny Meeker. Um, and uh, so grateful for that, that, that couple. And so excited that someday we get to be reunited with Sonny in heaven and, uh, and see her again. And uh, Fully, I mean, having her mind fully back. So super excited about that. And um, last thing is right after this service at 12.15, we're going to have our first reconnect gathering over at Blake and Alana Applebee's, 843 Cemetery Lane. They told the first service, the way I remember that is you take eight divided by four and it's almost three. Does that work? See, whatever sticks, that'll probably stick with you now. You're, you're laughing at me, but that'll probably stick now. Uh, eight, four, eight divided by four equals almost three, right, souls? Come on, you taught me math, bro. Um, <laughs> but hey, the reconnect is something we, we're launching that's new. We want to have a time. For those of you that have been, you know, maybe this is your first Sunday back to church. Maybe it's your first time ever to church. And you're just feeling like, I'm not really sure how to really get connected with people. I'm not really sure how to get involved in the church. This is a great time to just come hang out with us. I'll be there, Blake, Lana, whoever God brings and shows up. It'll be a casual time, conversation. We're going to have lunch. It's on us. You don't have to bring anything. Just come and show up and hang out with us and just talk. We'd love to hear your journey. What's it been like through all of this crazy pandemic? You know, what's it been like? to try to reconnect and get re- perhaps some of you all just want to get connected to God for the first time. And we'd love to, you know, just journey with you on that. So come and check that out. That's today, 1215, 843 Cemetery Lane. And how do you know it's 843? It's almost three. All right. Yes, exactly. You guys got it. Um, hey, I'm going to pray for the service. Also, just want to, it's, it's post now, but we're going to pray anyway. Steve is in Houston. 
today, and they are launching the Village Church, which some of you know Brett Moody, who's a part of our church here in the summertime, and some in the winter as well, but uh, he and his wife live and family live in uh, Houston, but uh, they are launching a new church in Houston, um, and people are like, Houston needs another church. Um, yeah, there's a lot of churches, but there's a lot of people too, and each church has its own unique touch for the community, and, and Brett's will have its own unique touch as well. So I'm going to pray for that. They launched technically this morning, but we're going to just pray post retroactively or whatever that is and, and just trust that's a blessing on them. I'm going to just pray for this message. Lord, what a joy um, to be here. What a joy to have this time to just share. It is an absolute privilege and especially to share about the stuff we're talking about today. So near and dear to my heart. And, um, I just, uh, Thank you and invite you to come and uh, bless this time. Um, but Lord, even before we get there, I just want to pray. Um, well, first of all, for thank you, Lord, for Dick Meeker. Thank you for the man he is and how he has stood by Sonny. And thank you for Sonny, Lord. And I know she's fully with you now. And we're going to get reunited someday. Um, and it's bittersweet because we miss, but also we know where she's at. And we know... Uh, the condition she's in now and completely healed and restored. And um, so we rejoice in that. And uh, um, so, and thank you. And just pray blessings on Dick as he continues with life forward now as, uh, as a widower and, and bless him and show him how you want to use him in, in this next stage of life. Um, Lord, thank you for, um, thanks for the Village Church and bless that whole team uh, that bread is assembled. Let that team just go forth in your strength, your power, your spirit, and do great and amazing things for you. Lord, I think about John fourteen twelve. I just want to pray this over them, Lord. John fourteen twelve. Those who believe in me will do what I've done and even greater things than these. I just pray over that church, Lord, just a blessing and anointing that they will do what you did and even greater things than that which is amazing, mind-blowing, Lord, to me. But it's awesome to think about. So we just pray that blessing. And again, on this message, just go before us. Lord, as we talk about this topic of freedom, um, we look forward to it in Christ's name. Amen. Um, Thank you again for being here. We want to talk today about something. One of my favorite movies, I don't know what movies you like over the the years, and some of you, this movie came out before you were even born, um, but it was called Braveheart. Anybody remember Braveheart? And do you remember a a word or two, maybe just one word I'm looking for? Oh gosh, it's already obvious. I've already have it on the screen. It's not even freedom, right? As he hung there, freedom, right? Get the Scots free from the tyranny of the... The English, and, and, and it's just this amazing, amazing movie and the sacrifices this man made. William Wallace, that Scotland would be set free because he knew they were meant to live in freedom. And in the same way, God created us and put us on this planet that we would live in freedom. It would be people that absolutely walk and experience freedom. And when I say that, um, what I'm thinking in my mind anyway is the reality that this is, a, um, this is a broken planet. And I don't know about you, but we're all broken people. And that's not to emphasize that or, you know, emphasize negative stuff, but to say that we're not perfect people. And over the course of our lifetime, sometimes because of things that happen when we're young, sometimes stuff that can happen midlife, uh, later in life, we get banged up and, and, and we lose our freedom. Uh, we may have gained some in the Lord, but then w- w- we lose it because of a situation or a circumstance, be it a pandemic, be it a, a crisis in our life, that that we go through and it leaves us tagged. And, and, and so... This journey of living in freedom is an ongoing thing that we all need to wrestle with. I mean, just chatting with someone between services, they shared with me that how they wrestle with envy. There's an enslavement to envy. And, and they want freedom from that. 
And, and there's so many things. It could be trusting in something other than God for what brings us meaning in life. It could be looking to alcohol or drugs. It could be looking to how we look, how we appear, who we know, what we do, what we have. Things that we trust in other than God that, that basically put us in enslavement to those things. And we don't really walk in freedom. We don't experience the freedom of God and the joy of God because when you think about the freedom of God, I think one of the verses that summarize it best is, is that, that wonderful verse about the fruit of the Spirit. That the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace, and patience, and goodness, and kindness, and gentleness, and faithfulness, and self-control. That's the fruit of the Spirit. That's freedom. When we experience those things, and that's not to say, hey, you know, when we don't, that we're some terrible, bad person. It's just recognizing the reality that things happen and we can lose whatever freedom we may have gained. And so I would like to suggest to you today that freedom is an ongoing, growing experience that God wants to give us throughout our journey on this planet, that we grow into more and more freedom. As we live, as we grow, as we experience life, as we experience Christ, we go in, we have the opportunity to grow into more and more freedom. So we want to chat about that today. And I want to go to this book of Romans, which is to me one of the most powerful books. I mean, they're all powerful. Um, Every book of this is powerful. And if you're here today, you're kind of checking out church, kind of checking out faith. What's this all about? I just want to say that as followers of Christ, we look at this and, and we've accepted, we, we have believed that this is actually inspired by God. That, that, that this is his, his spoken words that, were, that, that came through different personalities and different people, men and women, over the years, a long time ago. And what was written in here transcends time. And that no matter when you come to this, there's a power in this. That changes lives. Because as, that come, as it comes off the page, it does something to our soul. And it radically touches us. So uh, I find that Romans 6, 7, and 8 are three of the most powerful chapters on this topic of freedom. And if you know anything about the book of Romans, and you may not, you may not even have heard about it, you just know that there's actually Romans at one particular point, and that's about all you know, and that's totally fine. The reality is that this was a book that Paul wrote, the Apostle Paul, who experienced Jesus on the road to to Damascus, had this amazing experience, was radically changed from a killer of Christians to being one of the the most outspoken um, proclaimers of Christ and the faith. And, and a guy that absolutely experienced Christ and freedom in ways, but wasn't perfect as none are. But he keeps calling us back to freedom because you see it starting, go, you go back to the Red Sea. And, 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 and the Israeli, uh, Israelites coming through the Red Sea uh, all the way up to today, there's just messages of freedom throughout the scripture. And so Romans 6, 7, 8 is so key. And, if, and Romans 1 through 3 is all about saying, hey, listen, y'all, we're all in the same place. None of us are perfect. Matter of fact, the, one of the closing verses in Romans 3 is, we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We're, we're all, it's a level playing field. And then in chapter 4, he gets into this thing about Abraham. That Abraham was a man who experienced God, experienced peace, experienced freedom through faith. Because the people he was writing to thought it was all through how well they lived life. And they jumped through all the hoops and did all the right things. And if they're Jewish, that they did all these right Jewish things and all this and that. And so it was a sense of, no, 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 it's through faith. We get to chapter 5 and 5.1 is this amazing proclamation that we have peace, through God, peace with God through faith. And I just think how many of us want peace? How many of us are living? Matter of fact, someone told me in between services, I struggle with peace. Yet the scriptures say through faith in Christ, we have peace with God. And see, I wonder sometimes, I know I've seen it in my life. Sometimes I look for peace outside of God. 
I try to find peace in something that can't give me peace because it's unstable, it's something of the world, it's broken, and it never ultimately can give us the peace we want. But we go there time and time again. And that's what we need freedom from. from. Going to these, these wells, to these sources where we try to find peace, we try to find hope, we try to find love, we try to find joy, apart from finding it in God. So Romans 6 begins to break down, how do we find this in God? What's it look like to find this freedom, this joy, this peace in God? So we'll bring it up. Oh, I, I think the clicker works. I, I found out the first service, the reason it wasn't, Working was I was pressing the laser button and uh, wasn't pressing left or right. And I saw someone kind of get wiped out in the back row. And so I'm guessing that's, that's probably what happened. Um, so we're going to try this. Let's see, Billy. Oh, ho, ho, ho. come on, buddy. All good. All good, man. So Romans 6.1. Well, then, should we keep on sitting so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? And at first glance, you may say, okay, what's that question about? Um, So here's the deal. Back then, at the end of Romans 5, it wraps up talking about this. You know that as we sin, God's grace abounds even more. Beautiful thing. Beautiful thought. No matter where we go, no matter what happens, no matter what we do, when we fall into an unhealthy pattern, an unhealthy habit, an unhealthy addiction, an unhealthy attitude, that God's grace abounds even more. So some really brilliant people at that time started having this concept that, well, that means the more I sin, the more of God's grace that I get. Isn't that awesome? What a concept. This Christian faith is really cool. No. No, no. But that's what they were thinking. And, and I know we laugh about that. We think, who would ever... Think of something like that. Why would you ever go down that road? That road. But I think we, we have our own version of that today. And it's called, well, God forgives me. Well, God's going to forgive He's a loving God, of course. He just forgives me. And we just kind of toss away the reality of, 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 of holiness, the reality of, of God's call to us to be something different to, to, to be a, a light in this world and not just to go be a mess in the world. I mean, we all, again, have our struggles. We're not, not saying we don't, but we're saying God's call to come out of that and to be something different. But we often say, oh, well, God forgives me. He loves me, blah, blah, blah. He does. He does forgive and he does love 100%. But as Paul says here, should we do that? In Paul's words, of course not. That's the very kind translation. Very kind translation. He's really saying, are you freaking kidding me? Is that what you... I, what, what? No way. No, no, no. We would never think of that. We would never do that. And you may think, well... Question I would I ask why, and Paul gives us an explanation for why we wouldn't do that. And you may be, you may want to think, well, I mean, God's going to blast this or something. I mean, God's going to come in and just poof. And yeah, you know, there are consequences to our our choices. And when we sin, they can have a bad consequence. And yes, he is a heavenly father that like any good father, any good parent, every, any good mother, they will discipline their children when they see something because they care about them and they love them. And that's the reality too. But let's see what Paul says as how we avoid doing this, Okay. He's not talking about the consequences or discipline right here. He's simply talking about how do we avoid falling into those patterns where we just say, it's just the way, it's just my life. It's just what I do. It's God loves me. He forgives me. And we just go down these roads of continuing a bad habit, uh, an attitude, a hang up, whatever it may be. And we just kind of flippantly, we never really see any freedom from it. And we just get bogged down. Again, it could be envy. It could be a lack of peace. It could, be, it could just be um, 
you know, having bad thoughts about someone. Anger. It could be as serious as, I mean, and these are all issues that they're all on the same plane in some ways, more consequential in other ways, addictions, drug abuse. I mean, it can, it, I mean, it can destroy your life physically, right? So there's different levels of consequences, but they're all issues. And so let's not miss that. But Paul's answer, may it never be, um, is very strong. And in, in, in the Greek language, if any of any y'all are in the Greek, so I, I share that because someone wrote me, some sweet girl wrote me this. Pastor Dan, yes, indeed, I am into the Greek stuff too. Because <laughs> in the first service I shared how in, in Greek, it's, it's this, this word, meginito. It's a very strong way of Paul saying, no stinking way, like I was saying. And then he goes on and he says this. This is why we would not want to do that. He goes, since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? We've died to it. How can we continue to live in it? Have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we were joined with him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives or walk in the newness of the Spirit. Isn't it interesting? He says, why don't we do this? Do you force not? Why wouldn't we continue in sin like that? Because God's going to bash us. No, he didn't get into that. Uh, uh, consequences, didn't talk about that. Discipline, didn't talk about that. He said this. It's not who you are. It's not who you are. Living that way? You want to do it, do it. I mean, again, consequences, discipline, but it's not who you are. I love getting with people that are in a, a tough spot and helping them work through their stuff and to say, and, and, and they, you know, often repentant and there's guilt, there's shame. And it's like, but it's not who you are. I get it. Some of those things I've done but it's not who you are. You're actually walking in a newness of life that literally means a new creation. Uh, scripture talks about this in 1 Corinthians 5, that we are new creations in Christ. We're not like, it wasn't like having a car and you slap a new paint job on it. This is being a new creation. This is like having a car being born with a car that doesn't have an engine. And suddenly, you get an engine. Because, I don't know about you, I spent a lot of my life pushing the car around. And that gets exhausting. Right? Especially the Christian car. So a lot of, a lot of places you got to drive that thing. And when it doesn't have an engine to drive, man, it gets exhausting trying to push it all around down the, the lane of purity and down the lane of holiness and down the lane of mission and down the lane of this and that, it gets exhausting. And up till a few years ago, boy, was I pushing that card hard. And it got, it got me wiped out and exhausted to the point where I had to step back and say, <laughs> wait a minute, I need a transformation here. And while I understood this, and I've taught this for years, it wasn't real to me. If I can say it this way, it was a treasure that was in my portfolio, but it wasn't in my possession. That make sense? In other words, I had this amazing portfolio called all the spiritual blessings according to Ephesians chapter 1. All the spiritual blessings in the world. I had this spiritual gifts, all this kind of stuff. It was in my portfolio, I could look at it and say, boy, dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign, lots of zeros after it. But it wasn't in my possession. And if it's not in your possession, what does that mean? You still live in poverty, so to speak. Spiritual poverty. You still live with a 
poverty mentality. You still live with a sense of, man, where am I going? What am I doing? Why do I keep struggling with envy? Why do I keep struggling with alcohol? Why do I keep struggling with uh, cussing? Why do I keep struggling with this and that? And you just realize it's this reality that you're just in this bondage to this, this stuff. And you forget or you don't even know that you're a new creation. It's not who we are. Our portfolio is amazing. It's beyond anything you could think or imagine. We're heirs to Christ. But our possession is often empty hands. So Paul is laying out for us, what's it mean like to make our portfolio our possession? So let's see what he says. Next slide without lasering out the person in the back row. Since we've been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. He kind of just broke that down. So here's the deal. He just said, we died with Christ, we rose from the grave. When I was in Atlanta, Georgia a couple years ago, trying to work through some things in my own life, my own soul, again, I'd been pushing the car for a long time, and it just, I started to push it up a hill so much so that it backed over me and ran me over like three times, you know, and I'm laid out. And, and, and so I'm trying to just figure some things out. And, and I just had this vision. I mean, I've taught this. I've known this idea of dying with Christ. But what he's saying is I had this vision that my sin, my shame, my guilt, my fear, it was this vision of just seeing Christ on the cross and seeing me, that old man, as the scripture calls it, in all of that gook on the cross with him. And what is it for you? I mean, is it shame? Is it sin? Is it guilt? Is it fear? The sense that on the cross, as Jesus hung to die for the sins of the world, to die for my sins, for your sins, my crud was being placed on him. I was going to the cross with him. I was dying with him. And then, as you know, what comes after death his resurrection. And it was this vision of walking out of the grave with him, with this newness of life. Colossians, it talks about push, putting off the old and putting on the new. Walking in this newness of life, this new clothing, this clothing of being righteous and holy before God. Because that is who he made me into. And that is what Paul is getting at here. You want to know how to overcome those enslavements and walk in freedom? Be who you already are. Let who you already are, who God has already made you into, come out of you. Because we spend so much time trying to push that car up the hill. Rather than getting in, turning on the ignition, igniting the power of God, uh, to just drive that thing wherever it needs to go. And that is what he wants to do for each of us. So what does that look like? These next verses, since we've been united with him in his death, we will be raised to life as he was. So we walk in this newness of spirit. Billy, could you turn on that AC a little bit? I'm not sure if anyone else is hot, but I'm probably going to lose five pounds during this message. Thank you. Um, We walk in this newness of life. We go to the cross, the sin, the shame. For me, it was trying to please people. Oh man, was I enslaved to that. Trying to make people just always happy with me. Trying to impress them being up here. And it's such a joy now to be up here with a heart to say, I, I, I just, I have a burden for you to know what freedom is. Rather than me being up here to say, boy, I hope they like me. Or I hope they're encouraged by my message. It's, I want you to get this. This is, I love what Steve shared with us several years ago. I think it was the whole elder team. This idea of 
preaching with a burden that whenever you stand on stage, and I think he got it from this guy, Charles Stanley. Matter of fact, he did because he told that story recently. Anyone ever hear Charles Stanley? Oh man, what a great preacher, right? And Steve shared this story just a few weeks ago at at one of our, our gatherings for the leadership team. And he shared how he was sitting in the study with Dr. Stanley and Dr. Stanley said to him, Steve, because he, he called Steve like on a Saturday night, I think, and said, I need you to preach for me tomorrow. This is when Steve worked for that church back in Atlanta. And he said, always preach with a burden. Always preach with a burden so that when you stand up here, there's a sense of something God has put on my heart that I'm not up here to woo you or impress you. I'm up here hoping and praying it hits home. It sticks. Something happens and you're touched and you're encouraged because it's not about me. It's about his word and him and his heart and what he has for us. But the thing is that he shared that 10 years ago. I remember that. But it didn't stick. It didn't stick back then. And this is the transformation process that God has us in. There's things in all of our lives, gang. So let's not pretend we got it all together all the time. Let's not put that face on. Let's be real and honest and say, you know what? I'm struggling with envy right now or pride, or maybe I'm just not, you know, I'm just not treating my spouse too well. I got this attitude right now. I got to lose because it's, it's beating up our, our relationship. Or maybe it is something a little more, um, how, how can I say, consequential in, in the sense of an addiction. Um, maybe it's purpose in life. Where are you going? What are you doing? These are the things he died for because as we're going to read here, verse 6, we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that it might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. We catch that? It doesn't have any power in our life. We're no longer enslaved to it. Now, we're still on the planet. We can still go do those things because we have memories about, wow, I think that really, that felt good when I did it last time, so let me go try that one again. And we go back and do it, and we're like, oh, geez, now I remember why I tried to stop doing this. And, but that doesn't have any power in our lives any longer. We're set free from that. We're no longer enslaved to that. We don't have to go there because it's not who we are. We're new creations in Christ. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we now also live with him. Literally, it's saying that our spirit and his spirit have become one. We are now in union with him. I'm going to illustrate this for you in just a minute. Um, But let's read on. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has power over him. You know, that's why we rejoiced yesterday with Sonny. Death doesn't have power over Sonny. When Sonny breathed her last on this planet, guess what? She woke up in the presence of the Lord, fully restored. That's a beautiful promise, isn't it? What a hope. And when he died, he died once to, where I go? oh, yeah, he will never die again. Death no longer has any power for him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. I don't want to pass it over too quickly. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. Once. Because there was a bunch of deaths before that called sacrificial lambs and all these things that they had to go through all these motions, all these religious motions to try to make things okay with God. Done. It's over. That's enslavement. Being religious, I don't know if you're here today and you just love to be religious, that's enslavement. Faith in Christ is freedom. Now, we can be religious about our working out. We can be religious about our, what we eat. I, 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 no problem with the word religion. But you get the idea. It's not about jumping through hoops and just crossing all the T's and dotting all the I's. It is about experiencing God and experiencing freedom. That we walk and say, I, I don't need to do that. That attitude I have towards that person, that unforgiveness, 
is gone. Because I don't need to do that. That's not who I am. Being an unforgiving, bitter, or regret. We don't have to go there. Because God's not who we are. God has changed us. And he says this. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. People often wonder, we've said it before, one of the biggest questions we get is, what is God's purpose for my life? There you go. Live for the glory of God. Because that's what Christ did. He lived for the glory of God, and that's what we get to do. And it looks different for each of us. Some of us in vocational ministry, some of us in marketplace ministry, but we're all folks, whether you realize it or not, in ministry. Are you a follower of Christ today? You're in ministry. That may be like, what? Really? I didn't sign up for that. Well, when you come to faith in Christ, that's part of who you become. That's the new creation. You're now here to be lights for him in this world. And he says, so you should also consider or reconcile yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. The idea of consider is reconcile. In other words, this is the portfolio and the possession. He's saying your portfolio says this, so reconcile in your heart consider in your heart, reconcile in your heart the reality that this is also your possession. This is my portfolio. I reconcile that it becomes my possession. And I begin to walk in that freedom. So let me show you something that I've used in some of the classes that I've taught. It's an illustration with a lot of activity on it. So I'm going to walk you through it. So don't get overwhelmed at first. Take a picture if you want and look at it later. But this is critical. I think it breaks down what this freedom looks like. So here we go. Look at that one, huh? Yeah, Wow was right. Um, top left corner. This is what I want. Love, acceptance, significance, security. So I ask you, is there anyone here that does not want to be loved, does not want to be accepted for who you are, does not want to be significant to someone or something, uh, to God, to life, or, or does not want to be secure. In other words, I'm safe. I'm in a safe place. And is there anyone that doesn't want that? Because I find most people want that. And not only do they want it, on a scale of 1 to 10, they want it as a 10. I don't find too many people that say, yeah, I just want to be loved like at an 8 level. And I, I'm, I'm good with a 7. Actually, seven would be good. Now, the reality is this, folks, and this is a hard reality. Some of you in this room, perhaps, I don't know for sure, when I ask, ask you how lovable do you feel, you may tell me I feel like a minus 50 because of your experiences. And so the thought of a five actually sounds pretty good. And I get that. But I'm going to show you something, what happens here. So we want to be a 40. Can we just agree on that just for the sake of conversation? Ideally, on a scale of 1 to 10, all those categories, I want to be a 10. It's the sense of of being loved and accepted, significant and secure unconditionally. I want to be a 40. But we go through life. And what happens is we go through life. Divorce, bankruptcy, injuries, abuse, perhaps. Death, I got my comma in the wrong place here. Death of loved one, comma, get fired, disappointments. And that comes back at us, gang. And you know what the devil loves to do is play with that. He loves to take our trials in life and turn them into a negative statement about ourselves. In other words... Yeah, I went through this bankruptcy or I went through this. I am a failure. Watch out for this. Because an enemy, there's a real devil gang. That's what we hold to and believe at this church. There's a real devil who seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. That's John 10.10. And he loves to take negative experiences in our life and to turn them into a personal I am 
a negative personal I am statement about myself. I am a failure. I'm no good. I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to amount to anything. I'm never going to make it through this situation financially. All these negative I am statements, that's what he does with our experiences. And so while we may want to feel like a 40, you sit and chat with people and on a scale of 1 to 10, how lovable are you? Five. How, how, how acceptable? Um, six, maybe. Um, how significant or secure? And if you really get honest, and as I got honest with myself these last few years, and to say, man, that I am category, it was pretty low. And so what happens when you want to be a 40, but you feel like a 20? Sin, shame, guilt, fear. That's the junk that we come away from that with. Because obviously I'm a mess. I'm a wreck. Blah, 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 blah. And so we have to compensate for that. So we find all these great things. We read all these books. We do all these things and say, well, I got to do this. I got to just work harder. I got to look better. I got to control others. Maybe I just need to check out. The pain's too much. The reality of that 40, 20 uh, dichotomy, too much. So I'm just going to drug out, alcohol out, or go into denial. I'm just going to smile all the time and act like everything's just perfect and great. And inside, you're like, oh, crud, I feel for you. Because there must be something tough going on that it's just this smile and everything's always perfect and everything's great. Some choose religion. And they, they, they just get so... And I've been there where I just put so much trust, so much hope in how well I'm doing the Christian life. And guess what? The Bible calls that flesh. It's a substitute. It's not the real thing. It can never make the 20 equate to the 40. The only thing that can is the cross. And that's why Jesus said, I die, you die with me, and you're raised into newness of life. That is the new life. That is the new creation. We don't, we don't recreate ourselves. That's kind of a big word, right? I just gotta, I gotta just recreate myself. No, Jesus needs to recreate us. And he does it by inviting us to go to the cross with him, by bringing our life to him, dying on the cross with him, being raised into a newness of life that he has recreated us and we walk in freedom. Because this over here, that's not who we are. But the world wants to tell us that's how we define ourselves. And over here, what happens? Think about this. On a scale of 1 to 10, here's Jesus on the lower left. On a scale of 1 to 10, how lovable was he to the Father in heaven? It's not a trick question. Uh, an 11. Yeah, I like that. That's a good answer. He was a total 10, right? How acceptable and significant and secure? 10. And so when he says we die with him, we're raised in the newness of life, we become in union with him. If he's a 40, what do we become? A 40. You ever think about yourself that way? That you, based on this little thing, are a 40. In other words, I am his beloved son, fearfully and wonderfully made. You are his beloved daughters, fearfully and wonderfully made. You are his righteousness. As a matter of fact, in Ephesians 6, it also tells us, or not Ephesians 6, but Romans 6, it tells us that we are now instruments of righteousness. Right? How much do we not want to believe that after we've just made a mess of something? Say, no, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, that is bad. I need to confess, repent of that, but I am an instrument of righteousness. There's some amazing things out there that just go through the, the IMs of what we have become now as daughters of the king, sons of the king, heirs to Christ. I am powerful. I mean, I, and I, gang, I got to tell you, with the stuff that comes every day, I run my head through this stuff every day. I run my heart through this stuff to remind myself, I am a new creation. 
I am protected. I am provided for. I am purposeful. I am powerful. I am loved. I am accepted. Significant, secure. I am redeemed and I am restored and I am recreated and I am real and righteous. Those are the I am statements that are true of people who have put their faith in Christ. But just know the world wants to tell us everything different. Wants to tell us we're this, I'm a failure, I'm that, I'm that. And this is where freedom comes from, folks. It's not through striving and trying to push the car up the hill. It's turning on the engine where we realize who God has made us into as new creations in Christ. So the invitation for today, moving from the portfolio to the possession, man, I got to tell you a prayer. I'm just leaning more and more on prayer. How often I thought, well, I just got to do this. I just got to read more of this. I got to memorize that. And those are good things. The power of prayer and being with people that love to pray and can pray in the spirit and pray with power to break the chains, to set us free, to experience the fruit of the spirit, the gifts of the spirit, the power of prayer. And so our invitation is to simply, certainly in your own life, but come and pray with us. Come and pray with us. Let us pray over you. Let's pray together. If you feel like I struggle with prayer, then you know what? Let us help you grow in that because it's just part of the journey. And people, join us in true community. Thank you for listening to this message. It's a wonderful family here at Crossroads. And if you're kind of like, I I just don't feel really connected. I don't feel like, you know, I don't even know what that looks like. Our invitation is come and join us in true community where you can be yourself, where we're going to love you, accept you. We're going to see significance in you. We're going we're to just be a safe and trusting place for you because that's who God has made us and that's what we want to be for you. And finally, purpose. Biggest question we get asked as leaders in the church is help me find my purpose in life. What am I about? And man, I can tell you, I've wrestled with this one over the years, and I just want to encourage you that God has an amazing purpose for your life. He wants to use you to be a light in this world. The world is dark. We need lights. And He has created you so that You can just simply be who you are and let that light shine. You don't have to go like, I got to go climb this and do. Just be and experience who you are and be the light he's created you to be in whatever place he's given you. Because again, we're all ministers. As I said last month, Sundays are awesome. And this is a charge and hopefully we encourage you. But boy, Monday through Saturday, that's when we get to go shine our lights to this world because it desperately needs to see hope. It needs to see authentic people who truly care and love and are there for people that are willing to just enable just to say, hey man, let me tell you where I found hope and love and joy through my faith in Christ and how that radically changed my life. That's why we're here, gang. And this purpose thing, we'll help you. We'll journey with you. Let us help you discover it. So as a part of that, um, I mentioned it as part of the announcements, but we're, we're just launching a new gathering called Reconnect. It's a time to just come by. We're going to do a lunch probably once a month uh, at the Applebee's, Blake and Alana. We're dear friends. I've known them for years now. They've been a part of this church. They were here before I was here. And it's a joy to just be uh, um, yeah, just in community with them. And, uh, uh, and so what we want to do is just say, you know, once a month or so, come on by and have lunch with us. Tell us what's going on. Tell us your story. Tell us what's happening. This is not a class. It's not a program. This is a time to just gather with some folks that uh, just care about you and want to love you, want to encourage you. Lunch is on us. It's free. It's already, Alana's preparing it right now. How about that?
Lunch is being prepared and served for you right now. So we just say, hey, come on by. It's uh, 843 Cemetery Lane. We went through all that and how to remember, remember that. Won't repeat that, but come on by. Also, get on this app. Uh, we've started a reconnect community uh, within our the, the Squirrel community that we're a part of now. And here's the invite code. Just enter that. Go to iSquirrel.com. Enter that code, and and join the reconnect community. We'll be posting things and letting you know about future events. And so come and join us. These are again be casual what we call reconnect gatherings for folks that either just feel disconnected, maybe got wiped out through the pandemic, and just displaced, and you're coming back and trying to regather with a church family, uh, or, or maybe find one for the first time, or discover what that's all about, come and join us. We'd love to have you. So I'm going to invite Derek and the team up, and I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to just have open mics for a few minutes. If anybody has any testimonies, any words of encouragement, any reflections on this that they want to share that uh, you think complements that well, come and share it. Uh, and then we're going to take communion, and he'll lead us in that. So I'm just going to pray as they get set up, and, um, and let's just walk in the freedom God's given us, folks. Lord, thank you so much for today and this time, and uh, thank you for this opportunity to be here. Um, what a joy, Lord, to think about freedom, to think about what you did on the cross, um, the new creations you've made us. Lord, we spend so much time, I think, within church trying to be something we already are. And I pray, Lord, that we can begin to rest in and believe in and have faith in the work that you've already done to make us new creations, that we get to walk in this newness of life by faith. And Father, we do need prayer, we need people, and we need purpose in the midst of all of that. So I just pray for each person here today that, Lord, if there's any areas of our life where we're lacking freedom, if there's something we can put our hand on, be it pride, be it envy, be it whatever, um, or even addictions, Lord, that, that we begin to come to you and trust you that that is not who we are. Um, and, Lord, at the same time, if there's anyone here today that's never really allowed their heart to come in the union with you, that have never really been in a place of saying, you know what, Lord, I want you in my life. I want you in my heart. I want to be in union with you. I want to have this new life. I want to be here and used for your glory on this planet. Uh, I want to have a purpose that's bigger than myself. Lord, I just pray that they'll just simply say, Jesus, come, make me a new creation. Forgive me of my sins. Give me new life and lead me going forward. Lord, thank you for being with us today and being in our time today. Thanks for everybody here. And we lift all this up in Jesus' name. Amen.